And Giles Beckford is in the studio with me now, our RNZ business editor. Kia ora Giles, uh, migration has been a double-edged sword for our economy. Kira to you, Charlotte. Yes, the effect of high migration on the economy is an important consideration for the Reserve Bank and other policy makers. The country's close to 100,000 immigrants for the year, uh, and the debate has been whether this will add to demand in the economy for houses and shopping and other services, and thus add to inflation pressures, or should it be seen as an advantage in filling vacant jobs, boosting the labour supply? If it's a factor in boosting inflation, then it may be a factor in higher interest rates. And if it's filling gaps in the labour market, then it can be seen as a positive. ASB senior economist Mark Smith has been back through the numbers. He says it's a bit of both. Uh, For example, people coming through now tend to be relatively younger um, in relation to those people leaving. We've seen people on work visas hit record highs, people coming into the country. Uh, the view is those people will help dampen pressures on inflation through easing frictions in the labour market. And the evidence I've put together certainly supports that. But longer term, the story switches. Well, that's right. Unfortunately, things are never clear cut and there could well be some medium term pressure down the line. But in terms of what the Reserve Bank will be doing, will be maintaining restrictive conditions for a longer period to try and smooth through things. That's Mark Smith of ASB Bank. Uh, To date, the Reserve Bank hasn't shown too much concern about the inflationary effects of the recent surge in immigration. We'll see if they make mention of it in Wednesday's interest rate statement. And staying with economics, the number of building consents issued has fallen to its lowest level in nearly three years. Stats NZ says the number issued in August fell a seasonally adjusted 6.7%, 2,952. That was on top of a 5.4% drop in July. And the number issued for the year ended August was 42,100. And that was 17% lower on the previous year. The number of standalone houses down 25% on the year ago, but multi-units and apartments were down at just 10%. Retailers are expected to continue to be challenged by rising costs and weak consumer demand for durable goods over the next year or so. Listed retailers have recently reported generally solid profits in the latest reporting season, but the outlook is for tougher times ahead. Forsyth Bar analyst Margaret Bay says some retailers are in better shape than others, with weak demand for big-ticket items hitting retailers such as Noel Leeming, which is going to affect them more than the likes of Briscoe's. Consumer demand weakness may be tricky for at least the next 12 months, and that's really a reflection of where we are with interest rates and the economic cycle. Other than that, I think uh, with regard to cost increases, we think they may continue, maybe not as acutely from a year-on-year perspective, but certainly in the sort of mid-single digits potentially. Market basis retailers are also coping with increased labour costs as well as increases in rents. Well, software company Trade Window says an investment and finance deal with a British firm has struck problems. In March, the company released plans to tie up with a blockchain technology company, Enchain, giving them some fresh cash and access to new technology and markets. Enchain would have gained a near 20% stake in Trade Window under the deal and was due to pay nearly $2.4 million for 6 million shares currently. But Trade Window says it's become clear over the weekend that changes in the running of Enchain mean the payment isn't going to be made as scheduled. 
It says the failure to settle the cash part of the $11.1 million package means that Trade Window now has a problem with its own banking arrangements, which will cause a review. It says it's talking to its financier. Trade Window says it will look at other ways to raise capital. Well, the price of oil has surged to its highest price in a year after a drop in U.S. crude stocks appears as added to fears of tight global supply. Prices have touched as high as 96 U.S. dollars a barrel, and they are being tipped to hit as high as 100 dollars a barrel by the end of the year. Cuts in production by Russia and other OPEC producers are being blamed for that. Well, the head of commodities and macro research at Wisdom Tree in Europe, Nitesh Shah, says high energy costs are fueling inflation and higher prices will be an issue for central bankers. Inflation had nicely cooled for a while and there's playing into the, in the central bank playbook, but this threatens that once again. Now, it really depends on how central banks interpret this. Will they see it as a very transitory thing, a small temporary movement and therefore it can ignore it, or will they have to act on the back of that? We personally think that central banks will keep interest rates at a higher level for longer just to mitigate some of these uh, risks. We don't think that this is going to increase interest rates that much more, and we were trying to communicate the fact that there is bare capacity out there uh, that could be utilised and therefore bring prices a bit lower in okay. due course. That's Nita Shah from Wisdom Tree Investment Company. Well, let's have a look now at financial markets and see how they're faring. I'm joined by Harry Wigley of Hobson Wealth. Kira to you, Harry. Kira Giles. Uh, well, um, it wasn't a particularly happy day on Wall Street. September was generally an awful month for share markets around the world. We're in October. What's it looking like? Well, Giles, it's uh, not really much better for the start of October, unfortunately. So we, New Zealand market is down half a percent. Last trade at 11,238. So in the lead up to the election, things are still really just struggling along. Uh, you mentioned some of the retailers in your report. So uh, Briscoe's is down nearly half a percent at $4.68. The warehouse down at one seventy four. so that is up one cent on the day. Uh, you also talked about trade windows. So with their financing under review with that fail to pay from in-chain, they're down 7.8 percent to 29.5 cents. So that's that's a big drop for them. Uh, the only other one worth mentioning in the New Zealand market is Pacific Edge. So their struggles continue with an announcement this morning that the US Federal Drug Agency uh, intends to regulate lab-developed tests. So that includes their CX bladder tests. So they're, they're down 1.6 cents to uh, 10, uh, 10.5 cents today so far. Right. Australia has caught up on daylight savings, so they are open. What's the action there? So Australia, they're also down, uh, not quite half a percent down, so they are 7,020. Uh, looking at some of the big names here, so ANZ, that's down just over 1% to 25.39. BHP's flat on the day at 44.25, and CSL is down two-thirds of a percent to $249. What's it looking like for the New Zealand dollar? So New Zealand dollar is still under that 60 cents, so uh, 59.94. Against the Aussie, it's just ticked over 93, so 93.13. Against the pound, uh, 49.17. Against the euro, 56.75. 
which leaves us with interest rates, oil and gold. So the three-month bank bill is at 5.76, with the 10-year government bond at 5.33. Brent crude last traded 92.55, so that is down slightly on last week, but it's still well into those 90s. Um, And spot gold, 1,846. Thank you very much. That's Harry Wigley from Hobson Wealth. News and numbers updated for you around half past five in Checkpoint. But for now, Charlotte, that's business. Kiara. Thank you very much, Charles Bickford.